0: Our passage is second. No, it's not second Deuteronomy. There's only one. It's a big enough book. We don't need two of them. Deuteronomy chapter two, verses one to eighteen. In Deuteronomy two, we find Moses speaking to the people to prepare them for some big changes ahead. Can we relate with that? What kind of changes were the people of Israel facing? Well, they are about to transition from wandering in the wilderness to entering the promised land, from being homeless to having the home God prepared for them, from living in tents to living in houses. And they were transitioning from dealing with the challenges they knew in the wilderness to dealing with new challenges ahead in the new land. But perhaps the biggest challenge that people were facing is in leadership, because God was moving Moses out and bringing a new leader in. You just have to know, we make up the preaching schedule so many months in advance, we had no idea that we would be at this place in scripture on this particular day. This is just all the Lord. It's fantastic. I've been marveling at this. Wait till we get through this passage. You won't believe it. Like, this is Lord where you brought us? This is incredible. In our passage today, Moses is continuing to remind the people about their history with God. After leaving Egypt, the Lord brought them to Mount Sinai where he gave them the 10 commandments and then the Lord brought them right to the border of the promised land just like he told them they would do. He would do. But the, remember the people refused to enter. They were afraid of the inhabitants in the new land and they they let their fear, they let their fear get the best of them. What a warning for you and me. When we let our fears run wild, our fears always cause us to run away. From God, just like the people of Israel did. When we let our fears run us, run our lives, we run away from God. Does life ever scare you? Yeah, me too. But you know what God wants us to do when we're scared? What does God want us to do when we're scared? He wants us to run to Him. We run to Him, not away. God wants us to turn our fears into prayers. God wants us to look at our fears, even our darkest fears, in the light of his word. Let's look in the light of his word right now. Let's look at chapter 2, verse, the first three verses. I'll read 1, 2, and 3. He says, Then, Moses is speaking, Then we turned and set out for the wilderness by way to the Red Sea, as the Lord spoke to me and circled Mount Seir for many days. And the Lord spoke to me, saying, You have circled this mountain long enough. Now turn north. Because of their total failure to trust in the Lord, God ordered the people to turn around, leave the blessing of the promised land that he brought them right to the doorstep of, turn around, (coughs) go back into the wilderness. And what did the people do in the wilderness? Verse 1 tells us that they literally walked in circles. They circled Mount Seir for many days. That had to be quite a lot of fun. Promised land, circle Mount Seir for many days. Look at the choice they made. Whenever you and I refuse to trust the Lord, we should not be surprised to find ourselves walking in circles. Trouble is, sometimes we don't even realize we're walking in circles because... We feel, we feel like as long as we're moving, we must be making progress, right? <clears throat> Although, often, all we're doing is just going nowhere in a hurry. I wonder how much time in your life and my life we've wasted going nowhere in a hurry. Look what Moses said in verse 2 and 3. The Lord spoke to me, saying, You have circled this mountain long enough. Now turn north. Isn't it interesting that God spoke only to Moses? Maybe it's because the people couldn't hear him. Maybe Moses was the only one listening because the people had refused to trust the Lord so much their hearts were too hard. We see here a really valuable lesson in human anatomy that you and I need to understand. Lack of faith not only hardens our hearts, it also makes our ears more deaf to where we cannot hear the voice of the Lord. Do you ever think about that? Before long, if we're not careful, our lack of confidence in the Lord will give us ears that act like God canceling headphones. The Lord is speaking, but we can no longer hear him. But Moses heard the Lord, and he directed the people in a new direction, turn north, because walking in circles is not the activity that God wants for his people. God does not want us walking in circles. God wants us walking with him. God doesn't go in circles. When God told Moses to head north, he was declaring to the people, I'm going to direct you one step at a time. Follow step one, and when the time comes, I'll give you step two. But first, you must follow step one. Notice in your passage that when God told Moses, turn north, Moses didn't ask for any more details. He didn't say, "Uh, can I get a compass heading for that? Uh, Exactly how long do you want me to go north? Uh, Do you mean like north that way or north that way? He just went. Isn't that great? Moses learned that he did not ever need to question God, and neither do we. We don't need to question God. Oh, Lord, why did this happen? We do because we're, we're human, but we don't need to question God. We need to follow God. Look at our, Let's look at our whole passage for a minute because this is interesting. In verse 3, God says, now turn north. <clears throat> look at verse 13. 38 years pass, and then God says, now cross Zered. Then more time passes, and in verse 18, God says, today you will cross the border of Moab. What do we think about God's Navigational timing, the timing of God's direction. He says, turn north. Then 38 years later, he says, cross that brook. Then a little later he goes, cross that border. What if our navigation apps did that to us? What if our <coughs> sorry what if our car phones, our cars and our, our cell phones only gave us one simple direction at a time? What if we never got a map of the full route? What if we didn't get an estimated time of arrival? And what if we didn't get a traffic report? What if all our phone or car said was, turn left? And until we turn left, we get no more information. And then after we turn left, maybe we don't get any more information for miles until the car tells us it's time to do something else. Would that be OK with us? Probably the only way it would be okay is we are absolutely certain that it was impossible for our car or our phone to fail. I think some people believe it is impossible for their phone to fail, just watching them, but God is a little different because we can trust that God is infallible. So we can trust each and every direction, including the timing of his direction. It is impossible for God to make a mistake. It is impossible, impossible, for God to ever fail us It's also impossible for God to act too early or act too late. God always acts, speaks, at exactly the right time. Always. We can be counted. We can count on that. When we realize, when we really realize, it gets from our head into our heart, when we really realize how faithful, how powerful, and how perfect God is, we can be confident. We can even be enthusiastically confident. In following the Lord one step at a time, one minute at a time, no matter what happens in our life, no matter what, whatever kind of news we get, we can turn and follow the Lord one step at a time, one second at a time sometimes. Sometimes we get into those situations in life where we just need to get through the next second. Quick change of topic, because the scripture is about to change topic here a bit. Let me ask you a question. How well... Do you get along with all of your relatives? (laughs) That good, huh? (laughs) I wish you could all see your faces. Some of you smiled, some of you didn't. (laughs) How well do you get along with all your relatives? As as we read on in this passage, we're going to see that God even has instructions for Israel how to deal with some of their distant relatives. We're going to deal with the Edomites and the Moabites coming up. Let's start with the Edomites, uh, verses 3 to 6. God says, you have circled this mountain long enough Now turn north and command the people, saying, You will pass through the territory of your brothers, the sons of Esau, who live in Seir. And they will be afraid of you. So be very careful. Do not provoke them, for I will not give you any of their land, even as little as a footstep, because I have given Mount Seir to Esau as a possession. You shall buy food from them with money so that you may eat, and you shall purchase water from them with money so that you may drink. The descendants of Esau were distant relatives of the people of Israel. They were called Edomites because Edom was a nickname for Esau. About 400 years before Moses, there was a man named Jacob. And Jacob had a twin brother named Esau. And the Lord gave Esau the hill country of Seir. And the wonderful thing about God is he always keeps his promises. And God told the people of Israel as they crossed through that land, don't covet what belongs to somebody else. So we see here that when God directs our steps, God not only directs our feet, he directs our eyes, too. Our eyes are as important as our feet in following the Lord. Because God knows what you and I know. You and I get into all kinds of trouble when we take our eyes off the Lord and we start looking around other places, right? We all know that. that's true. Especially when we look at what other people have. Because one of two things happens to us when we see what other people have and we really focus on that. One, we feel prideful because we think we're better off. I got more than that person. I'm good. Or we feel inferior or maybe even envious because they have something we think we deserve, something we want and then we can be bitter against God because God didn't give us something we think really we deserve. You know why we never need to covet what somebody else has? God gives us the answer in verse 7. Here's why we never need to covet what anyone else has. This is glorious. Verse 7. What a great verse. Good one to memorize. Especially the first part. For the Lord your God has blessed you in all that you have done. He has known your wanderings through this great wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you. You have not lacked a thing. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, when we have the Lord, we have everything. I know we're Americans, so that's hard for us to think we have everything. It goes against our grain. But oh my gosh, when we have the Lord, we have everything. We have everything we ever need. And our God is so faithful. Look, he was even with those people in their wanderings and disobedience. God was with them every step of the way, and they never lacked anything. Not a thing they truly needed. Now, God doesn't say, I'll give you everything you want. But God did say, I'll give you everything you need. Pastor Drew covered this two weeks ago, and then uh, Dave Rondeau covered it last week, but here it is again for us to apply to our lives. Anytime we face a new challenge, here comes a new challenge. Anytime we face a new challenge, we have to remember God's faithfulness to us in the past. We just have to do it. I know our memories aren't what they used to be, but we got to at least get this right some of the time. We have to remember what God has done in the past, because we all have a past We all have a story of where God has been faithful to us through something awful in the past that God has gotten us through through some really difficult times. And our memories of God's faithfulness to us ought to encourage us, ought to comfort us, no matter what we face today or fear we may face tomorrow. We've got to remember. We have to remember. Satan wants us to forget the things we need to remember. We have to remember. Confidence in the Lord overcomes our worries and fears. We we need to make sure every time we feel afraid that we are running to the Lord, not away from Him. Remembering the Lord's faithfulness causes our peace to grow and our worries to shrink. Remembering, when we remember, our peace grows and our worries shrink. If you've been around the church for very long, you know, Pastor Mark and I have a love for each other that I cannot even describe. I am going to miss him beyond description. This really hurts. I know you hurt too. So f- it's fine. We'll f- you and I together will feel the hurt. But I'm not worried I have absolute peace because God's got this and God has promised us that his plan is perfect and he's going to lead Mark and he's going to lead us exactly where we need to go. So I'm not pretending this doesn't hurt and neither are you but remember what Jesus said about peace? Jesus said, my peace I give to you. The peace that comes from Jesus himself is the greatest peace there is in the world. And then Jesus said this, he said, do not let, do not allow. So we have control over this. Do not let, do not allow your hearts to be troubled, worried, or afraid. God has not called us to walk in circles with worry and fear. God has called us to walk with him in peace and confidence, no matter what we face in life. Let's remember that as we leave today. Let's remember that every day of our lives. God has called us to walk with Him in peace and confidence. Verse 8 recaps the people's travel itinerary a bit. So he says So we passed beyond our brothers, the sons of Esau. That's good. They're obeying God, who live in Seir, away from the Araba road, away from Elath and from Ezion Geber. And we turned and passed through by way of the wilderness of Moab. There's a new spirit of obedience among the people, and it's beautiful. <coughs> They went where God told them to go and they moved when God told them to move. This is glorious. And because they were back walking in step with God, the Lord now had another step for them. Look at verse 9. Then the Lord said to me, Do not harass Moab nor provoke them to war, for I will not give you any of their land as a possession, because I have given our to the sons of Lot as a possession. The people of Moab are also distant relatives of Israel. Israel is finding their relatives all over the place. The Moabites were descendant from Lot. Lot was the nephew of Abraham, if you remember him. The people of Moab had some nice real estate. It's good stuff. <clears throat> but this was not the land that God set aside for the people of Israel. So the Lord, again, is directing them to keep their eyes on the prize. And what is the prize for you and me? Prize is the Lord. Prize is always the Lord, not what we have or what other people have. Verse 10 to 12 is a little interesting. It gives us a little history about people who used to live in the area. Let's look at this together. The Emim lived there formerly. A people as great, numerous, and tall as the Anakim. The Anakim were famous for being really tall warriors. They, they were tall and strong. They would all make the NBA. They, if there was an NBA back then, this would be who you'd be, want to have Anakims on your team. <clears throat> and like the Anakim, they were regarded as re but the Moabites call them Emim. These are just different names for the same people. The Horites finally lived in Seir, but the sons of Esau dispossessed them and destroyed them from before them and settled in their place, just as Israel did to the land of their possession, which the Lord gave to them. So Moses is acting a little bit like a tour bus driver here, telling you who used to live in the neighborhood, right? Now, the names of these tribes are really unfamiliar to us, but the people of Israel would totally understand everybody being talked about. Now God has more directions for these obedient people. Look at verse 13 to 15. God says, now arise and cross over the brook Zered yourselves. So we crossed over the brook Zered. Verse 14, now the time that it took for us to come from Kadesh Barnea until we crossed over the brook Zered was 38 years. Wow. Until all the generation of men of war perished from within the camp as the Lord had sworn, sworn to them. Moreover, the hand of the Lord was against them to destroy them from within the camp until they all perished. Kadesh Barnea was a really important place to the children of Israel in their wanderings. Kadesh Barnea was sort of like their main camp during the 38 years that they stayed there. The name Kadesh Barnea means the holy place, the holy place of desert wanderings. In this short passage, Moses summarizes four decades of Israel's wandering in the wilderness. And it's during this time that the entire, the entire unbelieving generation died. So this passage should help you and me understand something very important about our God. The Lord does not force you and me to accept his blessings. God does not force you and me to follow him. If we choose to go our own way, then God gives the blessing to someone else. In this case, the entire generation that came out of Egypt lost the blessing and it went to the next generation. So every minute, every minute of every day, you and I face a choice that we have to make. Are we going to follow the Lord or not? That's not a yearly decision like on New Year's Day. It's not a New Year's resolution. It's an every second of every day decision. Am I going to follow the Lord right now or am I going to worry or am I going to wander away? When we follow God, we we are promised. When you and I follow God, he will bless our steps. When we don't follow the Lord, our steps lead us in circles and to failure. Final verses, 16 to 18. So it came about when all the men of war had finally perished from among the people that the Lord spoke to me saying, today, wow, today you shall cross over our to the border of Moab. Our passage ends with God saying, you guys made it. Today you're going to cross over the border that's going to take you to the promised land that your forefathers refused to enter 40 years ago. In our verses today, I hope we all see it, God has a plan for our lives. God's plan is full of blessing. His plan is best for us. But God does not give us all the details of his plan. He asks us to trust him one step at a time. Brothers and sisters, let's all choose to follow the Lord this week, and for the rest of our lives with confidence wherever he leads us. Bill, you want to bring your team up? Our prayer team will be right over here. If you want prayer for anything today, always something going on in your life. If you just want to report something awesome the Lord is doing in your life, there will be people that will celebrate with you. Or if you just have a need, and you would just love some men and women of this church to lift you up in prayer, we have people that will do that right after the service. They'll be over here. Let's close in prayer and then the worship team will lead us in a final song. Let's pray together. We thank you, Lord. We all thank you so much that you're so gracious. You never never lead us around by our noses, Lord. You lead us by our hearts. So please give us hearts that are united in our trust in you. Let us be a grateful people that always remember your faithfulness to us no matter what. We love you. And Jesus, we will follow you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.